Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by my friends, co-humans, and nemeses. Joining me today is comedian, podcaster, and friend of mine. This is the part where you. This is the part where you. Oh, timing! Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Sam Matt seventy three. Uh, I am the creator yeah, of timing. the Stygian Chronicles, <laughs> a horror anthology podcast available on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM. And many other places besides. Yeah, I was on Twitter on, uh, at Stygian Curator. Uh, oh, sorry, I, I stepped all over that. So you're Stygian Curator on Twitter, and you can find on the tweets on the tweets, and you can find the podcast wherever good podcasts are found. It's the the Stygian Chronicles. That's the one. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Uh, well, thank you for joining me on this special part two of Gremlins Two. Buckle up. I don't have a seatbelt in my office chair. I don't know how to... Give me, like, uh, I need a <laughs> knife and, like, ten minutes. You can MacGyver yourself a seatbelt, surely? <laughs> well, I need to find some strapping first. I mean, I think I have... Stop it, because now you're thinking about it. <laughs> I guess I could do some sort of, like, a roll bar, like they had on the... Like I got on the, the, the roller coasters. I guess I could rig something like that up. But where am I even going to find a welder? Right. Welcome back to Gremlins 2. The new batch. Yep, the new batch again. Last we left off, last we left our heroes, last time we joined our heroes, by which I mean us, I guess, uh, we just watched Microwaving with Marge, the, the best cooking show in the world. Bar none. Bar several. <laughs> back in the control room. We realized that there were severe problems with the whole of this thing that we're doing now. The plots just don't make sense, but that's okay. Things are about to get very real. Especially for this one guy who gets attacked from the console. Waste of equipment. And how did he get, even get in there? I feel like that's a good question. <laughs> so, from the console, he bursts forth and attacks this previously skeptical man and this previously skeptical team now understand the depth of their problems. And now they realize just how out of depth they are. They are super deep into this. Uh, we don't get an answer to these crucially important questions like, so what if they cross a time zone? All those answers you ever wanted, I, the questions want, were asked, the answers I, are missing. <laughs> I want these answers. I want a fanfic with these answers, damn it. Uh, fortunately, Billy has a flashlight, so he scares the thing away with the flashlight, hands it to the lady, going, you might need this later, and Forster promptly grabs it from her. It's another beautiful moment from Robert Picardo. <laughs> just, so you know, again, just being the asshole. Um, you know, he gives her the... the Billy gives her, gives the lady the, the mm -hmm. torch. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's very And selfish. then you just have this moment where they're, they're looking at him disappear off, off set. Uh -huh. And he just looks down at the torch and just takes it out of her hand, nice and gently and slowly. <laughs> Back to the cooking show. There seems to be a problem with the lights. Also, there this. Uh, also, there's a problem with the tuna noodle cheese product powder surprise. Daffy does like a bit of tuna. Uh huh. As the gremlin sprays Marge with the cheese product, there seems to be even more of them around, and all of them want to cause havoc. Here's where we get the scaling up. 
this goes pretty far pretty quick because their first plan is to put metal things in the microwave and then start a fire and where there's fire it turns on the sprinkler system and well, and that's where we get the scale up yep the uh the stereotypical japanese cameraman continues filming through this uh he continues filming through this because of course he does I respect this, actually. That's, a, you know, he's clearly seeing something insane going on and he's dedicated to his art. That's, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I do admire him as a cameraman for this exact reason, though, as he's pulled back, he goes, no, I need a Polaroid. <laughs> I'm like, look, buddy. no one needs a Polaroid. <laughs> Nobody has ever needed a Polaroid. The whole point of Polaroids was that they were cheap and you could develop them without needing to pay for development, though, of course, you were in the film and the vastly expensive cameras yeah i feel like i need to explain so polaroid used to be this uh self-developing film and film used to be this stuff that we stored movies on before there was digital stuff and cameras yes the whole concept of a disposable camera now no longer exists because we just don't use film anymore uh not for cameras like that no i guess some people still use film cameras because it's a style and they do look different in like yeah yeah you know i think people still use super 8 for stuff but i look at the effect of super 8 and i'm like if you remember this this is the only reason you use this is to make people who used to watch this stuff or have a super 8 camera remember nostalgic stuff exactly it's a full-on nostalgic trip Buy that's all it does soap, these days please look at this camera <laughs> we used so the sprinklers go off the gremlins continue to breed out of control and also, I guess they have a pest infestation monitor in the security room. How plot I did convenient. wonder if you were going to get to this. How it's, plot it's convenient. Really nicely done. It's great, but why do they have this? <laughs> like, I guess it's a super automated building, so they're like, "Oh no, we can detect the pest." And why couldn't they um, detect um, Gizmo earlier? I guess Gizmo. I guess when there was only a few dozen of them, they unless, were it, like, unless it's turned off in the lab. Might because have the lab off in the lab, or they might have because... just been like, "There's hundreds of these fucking things." Of course, it's in the lab. We know. We yeah, see. Yeah, that you. makes sense. Let's say that. Let's that say makes that sense. because that's fine. I don't need it to make sense that much. It's a show where we got. We're about to have like a full on Muppet show. Listen, <laughs> so Katie is in the elevator while the Gremlins are in control. And up. Well, first we need to get a little bit. Of, we're going to get intercuts with checking in with Gizmo. This is the first one. Let's check in with Gizmo. It's amazing that throughout this film, Gizmo is like certainly the most marketable part of this entire franchise. Like he, he is just a maybe cute, cuddly times. toys. Yeah, and yeah, he's he's in he's in the film for a grand total of about five minutes Something over the like... course of an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so upstairs, uh, this gremlin is torturing Gizmo this time by uh, trapping him in a copy machine. Which, of course, every time it makes a copy, it runs a light over. Yeah, there's the bright light plot hole completely, like, opened wide open. <laughs> like, Yeah, I guess it's bright enough to hurt him, but not bright enough to kill him. Obviously, yes. Yeah, so Katie is in the elevator now. Now I got the right order of things. And while the gremlins are in control of the elevator. Uh-oh. Because that's what they do. More intercuts with the CEO looking through his office-mounted telescope as he paces about aimlessly for a minute and then tries to decide what to do next. He decides memos. I mean, it's part of the thing about the character. It's this point that you kind of see that he just he wants to be involved, but he's sort of too detached to get involved. Mm -hmm. He really wants to be involved. <laughs> it's just a nice little character moment for him. Um Going back to the lift for a second. Oh, Do we yeah. go back to the lift before the, before the lift crashes? Uh, 
sure. Because it's there's there's this one little bit that I personally this creased me up, and it's I, I watched it again just before coming on the show to make sure I had everything clear in my head, mm-hmm. and. I'd forgotten this little bit where they're mucking around with the lift and it's going up and it's going down and it's a voice-activated lift because, of course, it is. It's a tech thing. Mm -hmm. So she says which floor she wants and it travels and the voice is the voice of the gremlins. And then, like, it stops and judders and gets stuck into a point and it says... She just just looks up and says, like, lift, sound alarm, and you just hear all the gremlins as one going... "Eh, eh, eh." (laughs) It's just yeah. hilarious, and I fucking it's kind of wonderful. Absolutely actually. love it. You're right. <laughs> Only reason I'm not calling out specific jokes is because if I did that, it would oh, we'd never be, stop. I would just be <laughs> reciting the script of the movie. Yeah, I just had to sound out for that one because it just. Oh, you're you absolutely know, even right after even after like 20 years, I still listen to that scene. I'd forgotten the joke, and it it's just so hit good. me again. I knew. <laughs> I loved it. I love that they're just they're such trolls. These little things. They really are. Yeah. They're the original internet trolls before there was an internet. The, 1990? 1990 is about... before there was an internet. ARPANET existed. Uh, yeah, in the public domain. Yeah, yeah. ARPANET, if you were in the Department of Defense or in that one lab in Switzerland, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you had something like internet. You didn't have the World Wide Web at all. Oh, no. AOL didn't exist. That's what I'm Google saying. Google didn't exist. Yeah, 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 YouTube yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, none, none of that. YouTube? Shit, that wasn't even for a while. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Katie is in the elevator with the gremlins, uh, more intercuts with the CEO, and he dictates his memo to his secretary, and a gremlin puts a mouse trap into the sandwich that she's been mindlessly munching on. Oh, that, it's again another example of that off-screen violence. Yep. Your, your brain does the job, so you see the hand come up, and the bun Just be lifted off, and the, and the, and the mouse trap being put in, and it's one of those big clunky oh, wooden steel trap. mouse traps it's yeah, a classic yeah. like if you ask a child to draw you a picture of a mouse trap it's that yes exactly and you just see her hand come to pick up the sandwich and lift uh-huh. and then all you hear is the sound of the sound of the of the of the trap shutting and her scream your brain does the rest of the work for you uh-huh. it's amazing ceo man runs out uh it turns like seems like the gremlin killed the well, I, I meant secretary. What I've written here is escritary. He kills the escritary <laughs> and has taken her place in, as some sort of doppelganger. And I can't tell the difference. I don't know about you. Oh, if you look very carefully on her left ear, it's it was pierced when she was the secretary, but now it's the gremlin. You can tell because of that. Ah, that's it. Also, she's green, <laughs> several feet shorter, and has spikes all over her. F G T W And what's that spell? <laughs> Go team. <laughs> so uh this is one of these parts where this and the microwave thing where the gremlin hucks a coffee pot at clamp. Like yeah, real we hard. get to realize now that they're beyond, they're not just little fr- friendly, you know, problems like knocking the blender off. The, it's actually, yeah. I think, a callback to that. The, ne- the blender just gets knocked off. Now we get the idea that they can actually cause damage because it throws this glass at it. Well, it's it's <laughs> that they're not just trolls, right? They're not just going to mess with your systems. They are also quite strong and one-on-one could fight you. Oh, yeah. So... And several of them, like we now know, there's a swarm of these things. Oh yeah, like, you could get uh, just yeah. bundled. 
Because the first thought is like, uh, I haven't seen the movie, but when I talked to my friend Dan Chapman about it, friend of the show, he was like, so Chucky, though, it's not scary, is it? He's a doll. Kick the doll. Pick it up. Put it in a fire. <laughs> it's like it's a doll. You're going to overpower the doll. You're fine. Right. These things. Nope. You can't overpower this thing. One of these tiny things is the equal of a of a full grown man in terms of oh, yeah. strength. So uh, this is where I'm like, oh, shit, these things are actually real threatening. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he's attacked by the gremlin who easily overpowers him until Clamp puts the gremlin in the paper shredder and also nearly gets his tie stuck in the paper shredder, which would be really bad. Narrowly avoided that one. Uh And particularly with all the gunk from the the gremlin mulch that was coming up, like he'd never be able to get that thing off. So much gunk. (laughs) Uh, Billy shows up along with the security man. And I do quite like the part where the CEO's interruption might have just saved the day here, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, how does he ask him how he knows about this problem? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, Bill. The, how do you know so much about these things? The back and forth between those three actors is amazing because uh-huh. initially he's obviously recognized that Bill is his mate from downstairs. Yeah. So he's listening to the security guy, and the security initially he just says, "No, no, no, no. You're the security guy. You should be on this." And then. Picardo just spins it round immediately onto Billy. <laughs> but Billy says, well, you see, there's this genetics lab on 51st. See, I told you that this was yeah. going to be trouble. Didn't I tell you? We could have had two plastic surgeons and a therapist. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> that interruption, line. that small interruption, I think, saved the day in this movie. Because had he been like, oh, so you didn't even try to warn us before warn me at least you went okay so like no we're gonna handle this you leave kid Mm. yeah yeah instead he's like okay you're part of my team let's go yeah you're in you're the person with the with the experts Uh uh-huh again good ceo understands who's got information that they can use he he actually knows how to manage people and it's like all right let's let's take care of this together team exactly and going back to what and going back to the one-dimensional character that this ceo could have been Mm -hmm. Like, just going for the complete greedy, one-dimensional, greed, power, wealth, money, bad guy. Greed, power, wealth, money, man. And replacing it with just this, just just with this fresh young face who's, you know, got dreams of the future, but is maybe a little bit too much head in the clouds. It just adds so much depth to the character. Mm -hmm. Back in the elevator, the gremlins terrorize Katie, who is mostly unable to fight back against these things, which can shred sheet metal with their claws. And axes. Also, they have a a comedy sized drill. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Came out like a massive concrete drill. That (laughs) is like a mining drill. It's like two meters long or something. It's crazy. (laughs) I have never encountered a drill that large in real life. That is for drilling some big bullshit. I know, right? Uh, So. This one gremlin we cut to for like five seconds has an adorable hard hat and denim vest on, and he randomly shorts connections in the wiring cabinet, and one of those causes the elevator to plummet all the way down to the bottom of the building, crushing all the gremlins, but somehow leaving Katie alive? Somehow, well, power of the protagonist. She lives. She's got the plot armor. (laughs) Exactly. Cut to an in-universe TV show called The Movie Police, where the film critic seriously dislikes the first Gremlins movie and says so. Right. Is this a an, real An review? interesting point to stop. Yes. Yes. That is um, Good. Leonard Moulton. That is uh, Who's that a is genuine reviewer. Correct. <laughs> this, this scene is correct. 
it was his actual comments of the of the original film Gremlins. That is exactly what he said first time round. Wow. In the in his review of Gremlins two, which he gave two stars by the way, uh-huh. in his review of Gremlin of Gremlins two, um, he refers to this scene with himself in it without referring without saying it's him and just says there is a gratuitous cameo in it. Wow. <laughs> Never mentions that he's in it at all and wow. gives it a three out of four star rating. Wow. <laughs> yeah, don't you hate film critics? You mean not like us? I mean those other film critics. You know those people. We're not critiquing those people that we're. That are doing, they're talking about films, and not making them themselves. Don't you hate those people? <laughs> but we have made films. I guess that's right. You and I have. <laughs> so that means but that you listeners, that means that you our listeners, are more valid than other people's opinions. Right. <laughs> that's why you have a show. That's how it works. Totally. It's not just because like you can pay for hosting and put up whatever you want on a podcast. That's not the thing at all. No, no, totally not. Um, Anyway, moving on. Yeah, my opinions are better than everybody else's opinions. That's the way. That's the way it works. The motto of the internet, isn't it? Oh God, it is the motto of the internet, isn't it? I'm sad now. Should we keep moving? Let's keep going. Okay. Uh, We haven't caught up with Gizmo in a while. Let's catch up with Gizmo. What's Gizmo up to? Um, If I remember, he's is he on the train tracks yet? He's, uh, he and his new Velcro. friend here are oh, having God, some fun yeah. with Velcro. Well, his friend's having fun. Yeah, they're having fun together. His friend his friend who is now the... Yeah, his friend who, as we've said before, is twice, maybe three times his height uh-huh. and has superior strength. And also decides to uh, to torture the poor guy. But yeah, it's, uh, that's probably fine, right? It's probably fine. It's probably fine. He's fine. I think they should all go to a family therapist. This isn't a healthy thing to do. No, no, no. I'm sure it's fine. So how's the genetics lab? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Paul, because naturally, if you were a four foot tall little monster that wanted to create chaos with everything, gene splicing would be the way you go in the 90s, wouldn't it? I feel like gene splicing is the answer to all of life's problems, especially when those problems are... Well, especially when those problems are, how do I make a tomato that can undergo the rigors of transportation? Or Major League Baseball. (laughs) I guess, because it's super bouncy. (laughs) It literally bounces it off walls, bounces it off the floor. (laughs) Yep, it's a funny enough section. And this uh, vegetable gremlin we get to see are cool enough that I can forgive them the awful airplane food joke. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so this gremlin has eaten the vegetables and now is made of vegetables because you are what you eat, I suppose. Especially when what you eat is uh, is genetically spliced material that is intended to change your biology into a vegetable. And immediately, like, this is this doesn't, like, knock down to your children or anything. This happens to you now. Yeah, that's how genetics works. That's totally how genetics works. Uh, Saruman I arrives do like... uh, to utter chaos yeah. uh, as one of the gremlins has drank the brain juice. This performance is arguably one of the best <laughs> things so about... Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about... With Gremlins, mm-hmm. the original film, uh-huh. you had loads of the things, and it was just the fact that you had loads of these things yeah. that was threatening enough in and of itself. Oh, yeah. To, to show the scale up again with Gremlins 2 to give such unique physical properties to gremlins as well mm-hmm. so that you have these little touch points that you can cut between is genius and their personalities shine through. 
You know who did the voice for him? Uh, no, I don't. Tony Randall was the guy who did the voice, but that's not the interesting thing. Okay. The interesting thing is that it was going to go to Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> that's yeah. Tim Curry was going to turn this, turned it down. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, Paul Tober episodes was uh, a Tim Curry movie with, uh, what was the one where he's the drag queen man? Uh, Rocky Horror. Oh, Rocky Horror that's Picture Show. Yeah. I had not seen that. And now I'm like, no, yeah, that guy is a gremlin for real. Yeah, 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 every time. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Nigel Thornberry is a, is a gremlin who's drank the brain juice. Yeah, totally. Instead, they got a guy who has this half posh British, half posh American, half Australian, I guess, accent. It's one of the most amazing blends. The th- only accent it really reminds me of is Lloyd Grossman. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. kind of if- effect, um, it like sort of remind- cultured it occ- American accent. It occurred to me that he might be doing a Kelsey Grammer or like oh that's true or just like yeah, a yeah. posh uh like rhode island almost or a po- posh new england i guess but he doesn't quite hit it. i don't know what accent this is no but it's it, it so right. stunningly unique that so, it just sticks with you right so in the next scene turns out the gremlins are mutating this one has grown wings i've gone full family it's a, guy such a nice it's a family guy yeah. posh guy voice is what it is i think Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. So well, yeah, like arguably that's what... then they got it from Gremlins. Yeah, maybe, or just being from New England and people talk like that there. I don't know. I've never been to New England. Uh, yeah, some people. Do. I think it's super old school, but yeah, I think people do talk like that. Again, if somebody's out there going to correct me, please do. I hate being wrong about this stuff, and maybe I get to be more right later. And see, this exactly. is where Learn. I absolutely love how they raise the stakes. I agree with you. It's not, oh no, they can fly now. It's, oh no, they've got an intelligent leader and also air superiority. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, because as we all know, there's nothing more threatening to an American audience than an intelligent, well-spoken person in command of an army of gargoyles. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> this gargoyle gets injected with this uh, genetic sunblock, which oh no, I guess they're all sunproof now. How will our heroes win when they're immune from the sun? Immune from the one from their only major weapon, yes. Except um, I guess it's, it's just this one guy who gets the serum. It's nicely, um, completely written over. Yes, yeah. the whole idea is that, like, oh my god, that's a potential threat. But we only ever see the one, um, the one, outside, one syringe yeah. load of it. So we just got to assume well, no, that there like just isn't whole, enough. They got a whole thing of it that he fills a syringe from and then injects it. So like, there's a whole vat of this stuff. Maybe one of them knocks it over. Well, it's it, the kind it of things they do. It ends up not mattering anyway. It ends yeah. up not mattering anyway. So like, we we don't need to work around it that Phew. hard. But <laughs> it also. It's about this time that I remembered that none of this is CG. <laughs> none of this is CG. <laughs> this was 1990 nothing. And none of this was CG. These objects existed. All of these things were there. All of these things did the things. Camera tricks. like Someone constructed these technique. things. Mm. The animatronics in the smart gremlin's mouth and eyes are real. These objects moved in this yep. way. Fuck! It was Chris Chris Wallace and Rick Baker, I think, did the did the practical effects for this. I, I know Rick Baker. I don't know the other guy. Uh, they worked together on the first Gremlin. Sure. Uh, anyway, the bat-winged one flies out of the building, leaving a Batman symbol-shaped hole as he leaves. Owned by Warner Brothers. Yep, naturally. From the Michael Heaton film, which had been released the year before. Of course. Uh... 
Cut to all over the city, I guess, where the gremlins have escaped because you see the smart one is at the stock exchange phoning around uh, with tips about a run on the bank unless the stock exchange is also in the same building, question mark? Let's say yes. I guess they moved <laughs> the New York Stock Exchange to the to the Crunch building. I suppose it could just be the the the, the brokers that work for Clamp work from there, but yeah, it surely says they go to Wall stock Street. Exchange. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Does the just stock exchange have a different? Maybe they have places all over New York and also the main stock. I didn't know that's the case, but maybe they do. I know nothing about finance, so that could totally be the case. I, I you could tell me anything, and I'd probably believe it. Uh, stocks are made of chocolate. Really? Yeah. No. Stonks How are. How do they? Stonks are a different thing. Okay. Uh, Katie, <laughs> finally out of the elevator, uh, steps out of this elevator into this chaos in, I think, one of my favorite scenes visually in the movie because she's just shocked by all of the crap going on and stumbles from unreasonable thing to unreasonable thing until finally she's nearly crushed by a potted plant yes i mean we we now get the full scale of the wreckage that these things can cause and cue wilhelm screaming oh, three yes. two one it's <laughs> the best i got uh she hi wilhelm nice to see you finally i knew you'd show up <laughs> Had to get on the show eventually. <sighs> I am so disappointed. Call yourself a sound designer. <laughs> My opinion of the Wilhelm scream is it is super fun when that one guy uses it. Yeah. It's his signature. Don't use someone else's signature. Find your own signature. Find a scream that you like and use that everywhere. There's plenty of them. There's so like, many. The recordings of those, there's like at least 10 but you know it's such a trope now and everybody looks for it and every time i hear it i'm like ah, was this made by i almost get mm -hmm. excited like was this made by star wars man it wasn't made by star wars man damn it nope it was made by someone else who used his sound as uh, make your own guy. guys you're better than this it's ben burt no? it is ben burt it is Ben Burt. It's legend. Ben Burt's Absolute thing legend. it was originally his joke for those who don't know it's literally like this one scream Search Wilhelm scream. You'll find it. You'll see that it's in everything that Ben Bird ever did because he thought it was funny. And he's right. Yeah. It is funny. And he sort of had this running joke where every movie he worked on, he would include this scream somewhere. Every other sound designer mm. has since gone, that's a fun thing to do. I'm going to do exactly that. But not with my sound. I'm going to do it with Ben's sound. And yeah. they use Ben Bird's Homage, exact... homage, homage. And it's just taking It's not place. homage anymore. You're just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not homage if mm. you just do the same thing. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I have opinions about that. So, sound designers, Agreed. if you're listening, find your own signature, please. Don't sign <laughs> things with other people's names. Don't use other people's signatures. It's just obvious to me, personally. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Katie pulls the fire alarm to try to evacuate the building. <laughs> another another God. use of just the, 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 the little... Yeah, <laughs> just they have the like, most inappropriate things to say. <laughs> just a speech about the importance of fire to mankind, and finally, oh, also, sorry, the building is actually on fire, though, so y'all might want to just uh, <laughs> leave the building as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. I like it. Fire, man's greatest mystery, an oldest friend, <laughs> cooker of meat, destroyer of buildings, <laughs> including this one. <laughs> exactly. Duff man. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, can I just say, so 
Meanwhile, at it. the Cathedral of St. Patrick, the Fettermans, Fettermans, Futtermans, are enjoying their day in New York until they're swooped upon by the winged gremlin from before. Now out in the daytime and showing and showing his fears to him. Mm-hmm, that's right. And could I just say this part where uh, he's being attacked by a green bat winged demon beast uh, and folks just sort of look over briefly and go, meh, and keep walking. He bumps into people and it, Dick Miller is doing so much work in this oh, scene because he's literally, he's literally looking at nothing. Oh, yeah. It is that thing isn't there at the time. It gets put on later. Yep. But he's bumping into people, and these people just look at him like, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and these are extras, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know. Meanwhile, on the screen, there's this demon thing flapping its wings. It's just like, yeah, New York. It's both really worse. strange and also exactly what would happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately, Marie manages to fight it off and uh, trap it in concrete as it's being poured. Uh, it manages to fly off, though, just in the nick of time to land on the cathedral roof as the concrete sets i guess he actually is a gargoyle now yeah fastest setting concrete ever and that's <laughs> how the cathedral got its gremlin but it's also it's almost like the the gremlin itself we're like well i'm covering concrete now this is it like job's done what can i what should i do i know let's go to the most dramatically appropriate place i could possibly land <laughs> uh back in the building there's some sort of uh, product placement for popular children's block toy, as well as popular brand truck toy, as the gremlins rampage through the toy department. And also Gizmo yeah. and his gremlin pal here are enjoying the train set together. I made a note. It just, it just says toy shop. Product placement. Oh, yes. The scene. Product placement. <laughs> the scene. Spaceballs. The flamethrower. Exactly. I uh, cut to another one of those scenes where I had to remind myself that this was not CG as a bunch of animals, including a camel, run through the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. They did that then. They, they just those got signs, a camel. Well, those those little signs that are on the end of every film that says, like, no animals were harmed in the making of Oh, yeah. It literally film. used to mean, These yes, days, there's animals. We just need you to know they were fine. Yeah, we took care. These days, CGI, you can put them in sort of where you like. Uh -huh. Those days, you needed them. <laughs> they needed to be trained, and they needed to go, and they needed to be taken care of. <laughs> uh, yep, and then the projector broke. Uh, so unfortunately, I couldn't see the rest of the movie. So uh, I guess we're done. Uh, so ask me questions about the movie. Did you watch past that point? Well, no, the projector broke. What do you mean? Well, this is a wonderful thing, and... It's a fourth wall break, and I find it absolutely what do you mean? astounding. There's, there's only three walls. <laughs> what are you talking about? Then don't look to your left. What do you mean? It's on my. Oh my god! <laughs> Nothing was heard from them after that. Dempsey. I don't yeah. know if you're aware of this, but there's people watching me right now. Ooh, aren't you lucky? No, but like I, you know what? Don't tell. I was eating. Tell everyone. At, everyone will want I was one. eating at this desk earlier. Were they watching? Were they watching when I was? Oh God! I'd find it best just not, not ask questions. Hey, uh, is there a curtain somewhere? Like uh, there is a curtain. Maybe we should. Maybe we should close the. Wow! <laughs> Wall so, comes together. Uh, I need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna work a few things out. 
Welcome to the fourth wall, where as it turns out, we've been in a movie theater this whole time and the gremlins took over the projection room like they did in the first movie, like in this movie, and also in this meta movie that exists within the movie. And then they're messing up the sequel because they want to watch Volleyball Holiday instead. It's one of the beautiful things, because this film up to this point, we've gotten the, the, the tension, we know that the scale's gone up. To then break the fourth wall and go into this whole other thing just completely clears the palette and doesn't overface you and doesn't sort of give you fatigue of the, the total chaos that is constantly happening. You don't get that. This break in pace, brutally done, but so wonderfully um, treated, really sort of like resets you for the rest of the film. Tonally, I, I totally get you. Tonally, this is the part <laughs> in the movie where you need to take a break. This is the part in the video game where you've just spent like so much time fighting that it's like, okay, we're just going to hold up for a while and walk through this landscape. And it's going to be a minute before we reach the next guy. Yeah. Do, do some, do some shopping, do some leveling up, like take a, take a break. Yeah. You're in town now and you're just going to take a breath. Yeah. Fortunately, Hulk Hogan is here for some reason. Because 1990, and it's Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania was a thing. For those, that, for those of you that, for those of you that under twenty, there's some people out there just going, <laughs> "Who is 30. that man? And why did he tear his shirt off?" Yeah, Hulk Hogan was one of the most was the most famous wrestler of the of the time. He spilled that popcorn he was everywhere. everywhere. I love that actually. Like he gets the soda and he just like takes his popcorn, and just scrunches it up. It's just such an over it's the top way to go. And then to have him look at the camera and says, sorry, folks, won't happen again. <laughs> and the whole place cheers about it. I've, I've got a little story, actually. For the VHS version, which was released, you know, the following year, mm-hmm. um, they changed that scene. So rather than having it being the cinema that broke, they have it had it being VHS errors. Oh, God, I now wish Slow they'd downs done something speed for streaming. Like it starts it, buffering. It, it, yeah, exactly. Like, and then there's just it. like this... a screen of a gremlin who's just like staring at the camera who's frozen for a couple frames. And then he starts moving, going, Dah! Like, like like an iPhone camera, like walking around the house. Oh, kind yeah. Of and then it's it would have been amazing. TikTok. Exactly. Exactly. God damn. <laughs> Guys, uh, gremlins, two people. If you're listening, just have that for free, please. Just do it. <laughs> uh, so they, what they did, what they did was is that in, in, in the VHS release, they had the gremlins changing channels on the television. Oh, and eventually, that's good. John Wayne, they take a scene from a John Wayne film and John Wayne scares them off. So that's <laughs> what happens in there. But the problem was people weren't expecting it. So the people who rented it uh-huh. took it home, got to that point, and they did exactly the same, the same joke that you were doing. But for real, oh. they genuinely went, well, this is, this is messed up. This is broken. So they got and took them back and complained. To, so they complained to Blockbuster. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that genu- genuinely happened. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, remember Frank, the TV vampire from before? The one who wanted to uh, be a news I always host. wanted to be a news anchor, but I ended up on this late night show producing children's content with a puppet and like interstitially making some stuff about horror movies. But I'd re- but oh. really, I'm a journalist. <laughs> I love this next part. Go on. So by chance, he sees on the TVs in the control room where he, I guess he just ended up in the control room. 
he's wandering around. He's feeling dejected because his show's been moved at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. He's not That's feeling right. it. So he's in the control room. No one's there. And he sort of goes, I don't know, turn, turn this on a little bit, presses a button, sees that all of the channels have news on. And all of the news is, we're trying to get into this building, but we can't. And he, a good journalist, says to himself, aha, a scoop. I can do it. I can make the transfer. I'm the only person in the building. Mm -hmm, That's right. But he needs help from somebody who can operate a camera. Who can we think of in this film? Who can we think of in this film who has been set up in such a way? I mean, there were some camera operators earlier at at Marge's show. Maybe go there. Oh, they're long gone. They're long gone. I mean, the one guy was pretty old. I can't imagine he ran very far. Maybe they got him. Maybe they got him. Chucked him down the... uh, They didn't get this this Japanese camera guy, though. (laughs) It's just... He's got so much energy. You'd be lucky to... If you caught him, you'd be lucky to hold on to him. Uh, This is exactly (laughs) as it works out, because... uh, Well, here's the thing. This is where I was like, okay, he started as stereotype Japanese tourist and ended up just this real excited like I want to work in TV camera operation guy yeah, hey, yeah. You, can you work a TV camera can I work a camera I am the camera uh, yeah what, sure what a lovely I line am, okay <laughs> well here I can you record the film don't tell me where you load that please thanks <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the lab, the gremlins are hard at work genetically altering themselves because the special effects and art departments weren't having enough fun yet. They were given a, li- a huge budget and told to uh, go. The prop nuts. department, so they the prop did. Department just needed fun. Uh, one of them turns into. It had to be one of the funnest films to work on. Uh, with, I imagine right? so. Uh, one of them turns into pure electricity and jumps into the phone. Because, again, that's how genetics Yeah, you just turn into an electric (laughs) thing. What's a signal? Uh, One of them splashes acid (laughs) on the other, and they get out a Phantom of the Opera mask. That is a joke that has not aged well. Yeah, no, not really. (laughs) eh, It's a puppet at a certain point. So, okay. Um, The image itself is still funny, even if you don't get the reference. It's not that it's a reference. It kind of loses the punch. mm, You know. Shit's been. They can't have been expected to look thirty years in the future and be like, "Well, what if people in the future dislike this?" Yeah, yeah. Well, you, how could you, you know? Literally you couldn't. couldn't. So I mean, it's. Uh, but also, they're gremlins, and we don't really exactly know what hurts them anyway. So, for all we know, mm-hmm. well, that gets proven. I guess that's it? right. We yeah, get, get to that yeah, in a bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one uh, transitions from male gremlin to female gremlin. I guess. I've seen this as a meme, and I love mm-hmm. it, where you've got on the left-hand picture Yoda, and then on the right-hand picture the hypersexualized puppet of this female gremlin. And underneath it says, Young I was, needed the money I did. Yeah, I'd say that's an excellent Yoda. Not like <laughs> an actual you. Yoda, but like the kind of Yoda I'd expect to see at 3 a.m. on Adult Swim. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, as Billy arrives on the scene... It looks like there's no bright lights, but there are a handy assortment of assault weapons. Go yeah. America. That Christopher Lee just happens to be keeping in his lab, as that you do. That is not suspicious. <laughs> At all. And I love the fact that Christopher Lee went to went to open it and then sort of went, oh no, nuts, I've got the wrong key, and genuinely is looking for the right yeah. key. <laughs> Was that a genuine moment? That's hilarious. I, I it don't, feels like... like 
if it wasn't, then it was acted so it well. It feels like, like it, it could have been. One way or the other, it just It feels worked. like it could have been. Yeah, yeah. But just playing for time to get, make sure the timing gets mm-hmm. right because of what happens next. Uh, yeah, because uh, Lady Goblin, Goblin, Gremlin, whatever, they're goblins, is just as bad as Marla earlier as we see the security guy get assaulted by this uh, by this kissy lady goblin. Robert Picardo just being the great physical actor that he is. Because obviously they, there's no way that that, can, that thing can be puppeted. Not like, on his leg. Just no, I guess you could it's, wire it with a servo or something, but like not that many of them. Well, not to have him like as he as he interacts with it, pulling and oh, pushing around. I mean. like, like maybe that's pure... you could get the mouth to open and close or something. Yeah, and that's it. Like the the acting from Picardo is just exceptional. Mm-hmm. I never really had him on as a. I'd only really known him from Star Trek Voyager, where he doesn't get a lot of physical acting. No, yeah, yeah. And in this, I'm like, oh, he's good. Like, legitimately, very good. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, the Lady Goblin is also not great. <laughs> we she is problematic, and also there was a gremlin in the weapons locker who bites the hand that feeds. Literally, before unleashing automatic weapons fire. Uh, kinda, yeah, because first the electric one kills the doctor, while another grabs a submachine gun and fires wildly. Uh, it's and this weird is more... that, mm, it's weird that with, with Christopher Lee's death scene, like, it's so over the top in a hammer horror style, and he just totally owns it. Like, you, the electric gremlin hits him and the effects are going round him and his just his face being locked and as he sinks down to his knees and then falls over the timing is perfect almost like he's done this before has he done uh, you know who is this guy has he done this before i don't know if he's ever i can't remember offhand if he's ever died in one of his films because i was making a joke i was making a joke about like hey he clearly knows what he's doing but okay maybe he actually has never done this before this exact thing yeah this is it like i because he the legend of hammer horror films has always been the dracula been the van helsing he's been the he's been the protagonist like to have him then die become the victim and apply that to that it's just oh it's lovely sorry love chris lee i don't think i've seen a hammer horror don't think I've we'll seen get onto that. Okay, well, we'll have to add him a few to the list, no problem. Uh, but yeah, the the weapons locker and this guy starts firing. Billy avoids avoids the gunfire quite easily. Uh, of course, the guns uh, go off through several of the other goblins. I keep calling them goblins because this... that's what I wrote here by accident. Gremlins, and uh, one of the gremlins this drinking is what you were some saying... milk and fe- and it spurts out. Exactly, and this way going back to what you were saying about we don't know what these. Cartoon yeah, logic. we don't know it what gets these sprayed things can, by acid. Can do. It doesn't do anything. It's, it, it's a Roger Rabbit, is what it's exactly. Doing. That's what it, one of the things that makes like what if all of the tunes in Toontown and Roger Rabbit are actually evil and openly out to get you and want to wage war against you? That's where you're like, oh shit, that's a, how would you fight that? <laughs> As you can see can from these films, it's not easy. Reality, how do you yeah. fight that? <laughs> Pulls things out of literal nowhere. Uh huh. So, whole bunch of intercuts now as Mr. Clamp finishes his shower. Uh, he has a shower in his office, which is a nice touch. And he sees the vampire reporter reporting just as he's on the phone telling someone how much he hates reporters. 
and to and to make sure that this this stays contained, that it doesn't get in the media. Meanwhile, from inside his own building. Yep. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Gizmo, who has escaped being tied up on the railway tracks, remembers watching Rambo and decides to do a Rambo training montage. Yeah, he's been pushed too far. It's one of the lovely little touches of this film is to have Gizmo fighting back, not to mm. be the pacifist. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the most adorable training montage I have ever seen. Oh, gorgeous. The 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 weights that he lifts and then uh-huh. falls through the floor. Someone's job was to make tiny weights. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, Mr. Futterman wants to get in the building and warns against the use of water. Uh, he knows y- the rules for some reason. Well, he he learned, presumably would have learned them after the first film. I mean, maybe he talked to Billy about it. Maybe he talked they to Billy about it. Uh, again, I thought he died, so I wasn't really thinking about it a whole lot, but yeah, maybe. And, uh, final gremlin intercut of this section, as one drinks a spider juice. Dun, dun, dun. As real awesome heavy metal music just starts playing, it's kind of fucking dope. Yeah, they go straight into Slayer, of all things, and the spider transformation sound Mm -hmm. was from 1953's War of the Worlds. That's what it was originally recorded for. Oh, so that's what the vampire guys do in 2. It's the sort of, and they're possibly from another world. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know about you. when I I really only trust news sources when when they're dressed up like vampires. I just love the fact that there's clearly showers in the building. Because Clamp's got one. So all the things, there must be other showers in there. Doesn't even occur to him. Uh, Does not even occur to him to change. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's a lot of stuff in the CEO's office that it might not occur to you, right? If it's your building, you know, if if I'm the one building my own skyscraper, my office is a like a full-on apartment. There's a costume department there because there's television studios. You know, you can That's get a true. suit. That's true. I don't know if they'd have a shower, but they'd certainly have like makeup remover. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Maybe. But it does it just doesn't occur to him. I think but actually also he's that gotta lens... grab a camera and hurry, right? Like he's got like he doesn't know. He's on the scoop. Yeah. He's on the scoop. So he just goes, right? Uh cut to uh CEO and Billy, who managed to trap the electric one on the phone system on hold. And it's fortunate That is quick thinking. It's fortunate that Clamp keeps an apocalypse tape on hand for just such occasions. Here's an interesting fact. Uh-huh. That exists because CNN have one. Oh yeah, I know. There's the CNN apocalypse tape, which is on that? standby for confirmation of the end of the world. Uh-huh. And once that confirmation comes through, that will play on CNN. And yeah. <laughs> from Warner Brothers, they just went like, "Well, we know what we've got to do." Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's recall, 1990 was a very different time because we're talking about a year before the Berlin Wall came down. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. This is peak. War. Um, not maybe peak Cold War, but it's like Cold well, War. Is, there. Tensions uh, were high. Cold War is still a thing. People in schools are being taught, like, okay, when uh, when the nuclear apocalypse comes, hide under this piece of wood here. Duck, diddle, and cover. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. So, uh, even a piece of newspaper will shield you. <laughs> that was a genuine thing that exists. I know, listeners. After you've listened to this, go and look for Duck and Cover. Duck and Cover. And be amazed. It's so weird. Uh, But yeah, it's fortunate that he has the apocalypse tape because it's probably the apocalypse, not just like his building, right? So here's the plan (laughs) set the clocks ahead to fool the gremlins into thinking that it's nighttime and then they'll all gather in the lobby. Once they're all in one place, well, we can do something, can't we? Do they? uh... What does the lobby have? 
windows. Do they know how to how to read a clock? I mean, they know how to do an awful lot of other stuff. So maybe they... The brain one does. That's true. So maybe he can direct them. So clearly they should make their move at 420. Oh, I Precisely. like that. I like that, <laughs> is the exact words. That, come on. They did that on purpose. Of course they did. They did that on purpose. Also, I, this is the part that really got me endeared to Clamp. Because he yeah. goes, oh, good, I can finally get to use my secret exit. Yeah. <laughs> his, his character is just so joyous at the idea of being able to, to, be, to do something, to be present in the moment mm -hmm. and to be effective. And then he realizes that, oh, yeah, that secret entrance. I'd be like, who puts a secret entrance in a skyscraper? Uh, Clamp did. <laughs> point of order, I absolutely would. <laughs> if it's me, if it's my building, if my name's on that building, yeah. You can have secret tunnels. <laughs> yeah, I want... No, no, not just any secret. I want my own secret tunnel. Nobody else gets that tunnel. But yeah, it's the... I, you're absolutely right. I like that the character is only sad when it's clear to him that he cannot do anything. He is at his happiest when he's taking positive actions and doing what mm. he sees as good in the world. Yes. Because even he's like, you're right, I could be the hero of New York. I like that. I could be a hero. Let's be a hero. I know, it's so wonderful. And you know, let's be clear, I've met a couple of people who are CEOs who've ended up doing rather well for themselves. That is a general trend in that kind of high-level person thinking. The sort of, yeah, I can do it. I should do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the hero. I can do it. Yeah, let's go, right? And, the, you know, the same in the charity sector, same in, like, a lot of good leaders are like this. And I like mm. the fact that there's a movie... I would say children's movie, but this. like teen movie, call it, uh, where this person is portrayed as just like a good guy. Yeah. Who happens but also nothing, to do the, really well and run his business well and want to do well by the people around him. Yeah, the, the corporate machine around him is spiraled out of control, but like. Yeah, I don't think he even that's likes the, That's the bad office. thing. Like he, no, he doesn't like any of it. He seems uncomfortable in his own office. Hmm. Which, again, I think he'd be happier with a few different things. But maybe it's like, ah, well, you know, this is what a company looks like, so that's what I should do. Exactly. He's, he's doing – he's probably received advice. This is how you go about it. This is how you do things. And it's just gone like, right, okay, fine. And it's obviously – it's successful. Uh-huh. But he's not happy in it, as we'll discover later. The gremlins enjoy watching Godzilla. And the laugh that they do, the genuine, it's like, so look-at-each-other laugh moment. Uh -huh. It's just so cute. <laughs> Yes, he eats people. It's rather lovely. So here's Marla. I wondered when she'd be back. And she's complaining that there's no lights in her office before getting stuck into a spider web. I wonder where they came from. She has not left her office the entire time. Nope. <sighs> she's just been working. Uh, so how's Gizmo doing? Let's check on him. Looks like he's uh, learning to box on a speed bag. You don't want to hit that too hard. Oh. This does not go well for him. <laughs> Uh, cut to outside where Mr. Clamp rises up in his escape pod plant thing. It just comes up out the floor in this one person pod with just yep. this massive endearing grin on his face. Uh -huh. It's so, so lovely. Uh, looking for answers. The media follow him as uh, Fetter Fetter Fetterman. I keep writing his name as Fetterman. Futterman sneaks into the secret escape tunnel. Because he needs to get inside. Mm -hmm. He needs to help. For, for some reason. I, th I think he's a doer. I think he also wants to be like, I can be in there. I can help. I know I can help. I know what's going on. I'm one of maybe a few people on the planet who understand the problem here. I'm going to fix it. 
he has a sense of duty mm-hmm. and you know and acting upon acting upon that duty when circumstances you know call like he's yep. happy to stand and be counted ah shame about the racism ah well it's, nobody's perfect yeah yeah okay boomer still not good it's still okay. not good <laughs> Uh, back inside, and the gremlins are controlling the climate control in the building. Turns out there's a hurricane setting. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would install one totally. You, well, you never need to know when the place needs to get fumigated, and with a building that big, Renovated. you need to be yeah, able to... Know, rats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy is lured into a room where he is knocked out by a gremlins. Oh, no! The cartoon sound effect of the hammer. It's poised above head. It Clunk. is such a boink. <laughs> it is such a boink. If there were a Batman thing coming up that boink, whatever, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. It's not a path. It's not a pow. It's a boink. And back to Gizmo, who is arming himself with a paperclip and a rubber band bow. I just, I love the little details of, you know, him having to fashion weapons uh, out of things that are there. And these are items that we've seen in the drawers. Mm-hmm earlier on when he was when he was stuck in the drawers it was all there everything he uses is in that drawer is this a rambo does he make a bow he does make a bow i seem to recall seeing a thing where he makes a bow i've seen nothing else about it there's a headband a helicopter and a bow i mean those are the big things that uh that they represent in the film Uh because those are the iconic things that everyone's seen I guess even you've seen it paul i I think i saw it (laughs) it's been a while enough that it's like probably i've seen it also, he's got good arms. Stallone? Oh yeah, he God, does. Yes. Like, I lift, and I'm looking at his arms like, fuck, how do I do that? <laughs> uh, cut to Vampire Reporter Man again, who is interviewing the smart one. Just it's nuts. This is such the part where I'm like, okay, if the Muppet Show made a, made a late night slot for Adult Swim, this it's is exactly <laughs> this what, is what it would be. <laughs> so... Uh, what do you want? <laughs> well, I want civilization. What would everybody else want? Geneva Convention, Susan Sontag, that sort of thing. Now, look at this gentleman, for example. Now, you can say that, um, well, let's see this. Shoots him in the face. Now, you see, was that civilized? It wasn't civilized, Fun, yes, was it? But Fun, not just... grounded. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, so this is just an un. So he he got more intelligent, but no less. He hasn't got any more hinged. Still, yeah, still, still has his gremlin nature. He can just articulate. <laughs> yeah, he's still the same guy. He just knows how to talk good now. Uh, the vampire man, immediately spotting the danger in this situation, decides to flee. Yeah, probably best to exit stage uh, left yeah. at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's what is the little line in here where he says, uh, "Well, you know, it's also our first time in New York, so we'll probably want to grab a uh, grab tickets to a Broadway show. Like we'll need to figure <laughs> out how to do that." And I hear there's a big uh, homeless, you know, big street violence problem, but we can watch that for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get your tickets and just see that for free. <laughs> love this scene so much. Ah. Uh, so it uh, <laughs> looks like the plan is to fool the gremlins with this uh, large theater backdrop suspended by two cranes. Because if that will work, there are no other gremlins anywhere else that could possibly tell them. <laughs> nope. So uh, Clamp, of course, explains the plan in its entirety once more to the police chief here, I guess. Uh, 
And that absolutely means in movie language, this plan is never going to work. Yeah, it's been described in detail and it's a good plan. It's a setup. Everything not, uh, will fail. Yeah, just <laughs> once I'd like to see a movie where they make a plan and it works. And it just works, yeah. And then well, all the Ocean's characters 11. just sit there going, oh shit, that was... That was Why easy. did that work? <laughs> Fuck, I could have sworn that. All right. There's a joke in that. There's a, there's a comedy joke move in that somewhere. Who's going to supper? That's on me. All right. Cut to Billy, who comes to and realizes that he's tied to a dentist chair by a gremlin who's about to use a dentist's drill on him, but he is not, in fact, a dentist. I mean, I don't... It's only once he takes the mask off that you fully realize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly, like, I don't see any documentation, personally. I, I think maybe we should doesn't... alert the authorities to this unlicensed practitioner here. Doesn't every dentist have googly eyes? I mean... Fortunately, our xenophobic friend here is here to rescue him. Mr. Futterman. Mm -hmm. Cut back to Katie, who finds Marla in the spider web and decides against leaving her to be eaten by the grotesque spider demon stalking the halls. And all of that tension that we had about, you know, mm -hmm. what's going to happen with this three-way misunderstanding thing. Yeah, just gets resolved. Yeah, Marla just goes like, cool, yeah, so here's the deal. I would very much like to live, please. <laughs> No, like, you can totally have Billy. That's fine. I mean, I don't know how much money you think I'm going to make when I'm dead, but I won't be able to spend it's, it very easily, so... It's it's not a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's a good scene for Katie here, too, who's sort of, like, looking at her going, I could just leave you here, and I'm considering it, right? It's, yeah, I mean, that, that for, for a lead character mm, it's dark. who's supposed to be a good person, it's, that's pretty dark, actually, when mm -hmm. you think about it. It's Particularly as, she, as she's such a sweet character. Outwardly, yeah, for sure. But, you know, there's a part of her that's like, listen, you homewrecking bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, turns out, though, that she's actually kind-hearted after all, so she takes out her pocket knife, which, of course, she carries on her at all times, because, you know, what kind of responsible grown-up doesn't carry a pocket knife? Be prepared. Be yeah. prepared for all scenarios. Scout's code. So she'd better hurry, though, because there is a spider demon, which is apparently the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, we've got this web and I'll cut you out of the web. Neither of them are thinking, wait, where did this web come from? <laughs> Neither of them is concerned about the spider beast. So by chance, exactly. Billy hears them scream and runs over through the, I guess they were running down the fire escape. And uh, Gizmo is here with a makeshift fire arrow, which is also super cool. Oh, again, using the match and having the little bits and pieces, it's just put together so well. There's such care and attention. I also quite like that Gizmo finally does something. Yeah, he's now proactive. Like, he's now like, no, I've had enough. Line in the sand has been done. What happened like, to him? He's not a pacifist anymore. Someone pushed him too far. <laughs> exactly. He's a rebel. Now, he's going to... He's going to kill everything. I love the fact that the first thing they do is look at the headband and go like, mm, the headband? It's like, he likes it. Leave it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, as they consider just running away, Futterman says, no, hang on. Washington didn't give up. Lincoln didn't give up. We don't give up. Well, no, I see Katie interrupts here. It's like, it turns out, uh, don't mention Lincoln. Do you oh, not remember yes. this bit? I've yes, I've actually just found the line that I've uh -huh. got it. So, the, the Lincoln uh, store called yeah, the Lincoln birthday scene. 
is when something awful happened to her. And uh, you see, six. she was six or seven, and her mom made her peanut butter sandwiches. She'd always make peanut butter sandwiches back in the kitchen, and she was in the kitchen at the time. And you say, no, 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 listen, I mean, I mean, I swear to God, I can't, oh, my God. Yeah, the, this is such, such a callback to the to the very controversial Santa scene from the first also, film, which was dark real as Also, out-of-place scene in the first film. It didn't add a whole lot to that movie. It just comes out of nowhere and just hits you. And you go, wow, that was dark. By the way, Gremlins, and it just sort of cuts over it completely. <laughs> by and this the is way, their opportunity to really come back to it and go, like, no, we don't have time for this now. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, so we have this uh, funny comedy show starring the Gremlins over here. So uh, let's let's pay attention to that instead of the slitting your wrists joke from the first from just now. That's uh, yeah. Wow, but yeah, I, I quite like that they're lampooning themselves. That's the part that really gets me here. I was doubled the fuck over here. It's just insanity, but on their terms. They're not attacking. They're not attacking people anymore. They're just being themselves in their natural state that they have now gotten hold of. Well, this is also the writers going. It was pretty silly, wasn't it? Fuck. All right, let's let's play with it. We know why not. Ha- why have all these characters and not play with it? Like mm-hmm. it's like I was I was going to say earlier about the brain. Um, about the brain gremlin it's like you've you've injected him with stuff you've had the joke that he's super hyper intelligent why would you not then play with it and go to the next level like of course uh-huh. i have him on a talk show it just makes why would you not do that of course have him <laughs> on a talk show that's where you're gonna put the guy of course exactly and of course katie's gonna have another oddly traumatic oddly specifically tied to a person thing but it's just like oh don't mention lincoln like what the fuck it wasn't even the day it's just the man the man yeah, lincoln yeah. Who you know is a arguably someone, one of the most famous presidents of their entire. At entire some point, room. someone's going to mention this guy around you. It might be useful if you were to get over your shit. Or you know, maybe they're talking about a car because there are cars called Lincolns. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't mention Lincoln. You see, when I was six. <laughs> oh God, not again. <laughs> and my mum would always buy peanut butter. Ah, uh, moving along. Uh yeah. So this. Uh, looks like a fun party. You see the gremlins in this lobby? Oh, just so OTT. So Not over the top. And CG. All real. Every single one of them exists. Oh my Every single god, one's a I love this! And talking about scaling up a, a, for the probably the final time at this point, it's like so this scaly. is the ultimate reveal. It's just like, oh my lord, this is... We've seen them as individuals, we've seen them as doing little screens and vignettes. This is what hundreds of gremlins actually looks like and that image is terrifying it's pretty good uh and also <laughs> weirdly endearing i like a lot of these guys like the guy in the hard hat yeah yeah mm. all of them unique all of them with their own thing going on especially the lady gremlin from before who's putting on a beautiful number out of and this is another one of those palette cleansers just a musical number perfectly choreographed uh-huh. out of nowhere <laughs> yeah and they've got all these like uh, signs, I guess, that they bend over, and it looks like a picture of her face that they had made. All, all in hexagons, and then she comes out of the eye, and it's just oh. yeah. And uh, the way she moves and people react to her is this a reference to something I don't get? It feels like a reference to a fifties thing. Possibly. Do you know what? I don't know. It feels like it I might should be know. like uh, like an actress thing where like people used to be like, "Look, she's wearing a revealing dress. Let's wolf whistle at her." 
do you know what? It's going to be one of the big musical stars that actually did that once, and that's a, it's an homage. It's to going that. to be something and, like that. And there's and there's someone in the audience who's listening to this going like, "It's clearly this." You know, I'm getting it. All yeah, right, share it. I feel send like... tweets over to at one for Paul. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I haven't. That's the point of the. I mean, I feel like maybe. Of course, I don't. How would I possibly? <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> yeah. I've seen two things, and both of them are Star Wars. <laughs> so. uh Cut to some more conga lines, and uh, naturally what follows a conga line is always heavy ordnance. <laughs> so this building just had like a rocket launcher in a day. Somewhere around. Somewhere I mean, why you've got you've got a genetics laboratory, why not a weapons test facility? I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean having worked in high rise buildings, in there, for God's sake. Like they don't yeah, want yeah. you to have matches on the upper floors. Maybe it's in one of the basement floors. Maybe, we'll never know. know. Man. So <laughs> Just say no to just say no to rocket launchers is all I'm saying. So unless it's doom, no fictional rocket launchers. Okay, I guess here <laughs> it's also fictional. Yeah, you know what? Rocket launchers, fictional ones. I'm gonna say there. I'm for them. You've, I've convinced you've you. You've persuaded Wonderful. me that <laughs> rocket launchers are indeed kind of fucking awesome. There is a place for rocket launchers. <laughs> yes, just not anywhere near me in real life, please. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's time to drop the thing now that they're all in uh, thing-dropping distance for, for sunlight, what, for getting in the lobby and killing all of the sunlight-hating gremlin things. Unfortunately, that fourth wall curtain's got to come down. It is. Yeah, curtain's got to fall sometime. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, I should say, but fortunately for the gremlins, I guess, the the rain is coming. Yeah, have you ever been to New York? Yeah, it's it's a moderate place, like... Rain happens there a lot. It's coastal, you know? Mm -hmm. It does. Fun fact, if you're downtown, you won't know that it's raining. Like, you won't be able to feel the rain for, like, a while. Because the buildings block the rain. Wow, that's awesome. It's kind of cool, but it's also kind of like you can look up and understand that it's raining. And then be like, well, that's going to hit us in, like, ten minutes, maybe, if the wind changes. Oh, it's nice to have an early warning system. I guess, but it's also <laughs> real weird. Just think about it. It's a giant cliff system. So if it's raining a little sideways, then it, yeah, yeah. it's never going to hit it just hits. The, it just hits the brick. Exactly yeah. right. It hits the buildings. So it's a cool thing, but it's also like, wow, we really fuck our, with our environment because that's water that doesn't go into the soil ever. Mm. So mm. not that there's that much soil anyway. So we Not just anymore. got a bunch of random scenes where we clearly just, it's just an excuse to do fun things with the gremlins, including just we like... Do, we're, we're psyching up for the end of the, oh, yeah. end of the film we're at this point. Like, we throw all the tricks at the wall. This uh -huh. is the point where we just need to, like, whatever whatever spare budget we've got, let's just get it out there. Let's do something. Let's do fun things. Let's do awesome things before... Yep. And of course, because one of them is playing an organ, we there is only one song you're permitted to play on an organ in a movie. <laughs> well two songs this one's uh toccata and fugue in d the other one is take me out to the ball game yeah those are the those two, are the two those are the two <laughs> so <laughs> and that 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 acid splash from earlier there's that callback joke hooray we finally got it uh so billy's got a plan which he doesn't have time to explain uh futterman aim the fire hose at the lobby please Wait, won't that make more gremlins? Yes, it will, Futterman. Shut up. Do it. <laughs> uh, All right. Katie, make sure Gizmo doesn't get wet. Marla, 
you, that that's fine. You just you stay here. You, you do you. You smoke. <laughs> it's fine. So much smoking in this movie. And smoking indoors. Smoking indoors. Like Marla just smokes in the office. That's mm. so weird and to me now. It, I know, right? It's just a completely different shift. Yeah, like the, that was acceptable. The then. gremlins smoking, I get. They're the bad guys, right? Yeah, of course. The the person where's the, I, know, I I know it's a product of its time, but like thirty years later, I'm looking at it like, dude, what? You can't. Why would you do that? Yeah, just little things that that we just don't think of anymore. We you know it just wouldn't occur to us. Yeah, in a way, it's kind of neat because in future, if we want to make a period piece set in 1990, hmm. We'll have this reference and be like, oh, yeah, it was still normal to smoke cigarettes indoors then. Yeah, yeah. So now if you could transfer the call waiting from the CEO's office to this random terminal, that would rock, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> just just do that. It's, I just love the fact that we now also added the fact that this place is its own internal telephone exchange. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, I guess that would be normal. Like you'd have an internal phone system for the building i was thinking about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah you're right you totally have that why would you not have that because of course we'd automate it now well now we'd have internet so it's effectively like the same thing but at the time you'd actually mm. have to build in an internal phone system like intercom uh yeah, but it's yeah. also real useful for people to be able to communicate uh to cross floors or whatever for people at reception to just dial a number and get the floor above them or like whatever have you right yeah, the geek part of my brain was just going was going complete compartmentalized. I was just going like, well, you know, you would certainly have the public system where you could call anyone, but then each floor and business would have its own internal. Yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, my brain right. was going off on a little. No, yeah, little, that's right. Little hunt. Have, well, no, yeah, you just have two systems. You have one that connects to external calls and one that connects to internal calls. So you press zero to get the internal calls, and then you dial whatever extension. And that's what you're here to listen to, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Two sound engineers geeking out about a telephone system. <laughs> so, you know, just... Uh, that's staying in now. We can't cut that out now. That has to stay in. Now. Can we? <laughs> Fortunately, it turns out that Katie is a hacker because she bypasses the file server with, like, just this random keypad. Because that's how computers work. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> Look, uh, I didn't mind the genetics. I didn't mind genetics <laughs> working like a dang polymorph. But misrepresenting phone systems is evidently where I draw the line. <laughs> Everyone's got their line in the sand. Tech <sighs> is ours. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, there's some doodly doop happens. And uh, the plan works. And all the gremlins are electrocuted. As they take the guy who was on hold before, the, the electric guy on hold, he's still on hold, but they unhold him and unleash him there's onto the lobby full of wet things. Yeah, there's this beautiful moment where they actually initially put him on hold where he's listening to the Muzak and just going nuts inside. Oh, so that yeah. When they finally release him, like you, it makes sense that at this point he's been listening to that on loop for the last few hours oh. and now he's just free, he'll go everywhere. I mean, I would. I can barely listen to that stuff for 10 minutes. I know, right? But yeah, this scene right here is another of the most visually impressive scenes that I've seen all this time because they melt and decay into goo in front of us, reducing to bone teeth and bleh. Yeah, and again, each one of those is an individual puppet. And Gizmo is real happy about this. Because he's a little bit nuts. 
You remember when we said Gizmo's the good one? Mm. Turn him into a gremlin and oh God. Well, that's a question that I never I, I never want answered. I or... don't want that. And fortunately, nor does he, because wow. So here comes the SWAT team who have uh who have a bit of trouble with their revolving doors. <laughs> because We've done that door joke twice. Rule of you threes. need to have the third for the payoff. Rule of threes. Rule of threes, man. I'm telling you, it's safe, but it works. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you not do the thing that works? Exactly. Uh, Clamp is leading the SWAT team for some reason and accidentally Cause, discharges. Because yeah, that's what happens. Oh, yeah, it, oh, you know, you there, a CEO. <laughs> that's that's can what police you forces do. Okay, you're a deputy now. Also lead in. <laughs> but we're not risking any of our guys. Jesus, why would we do that? Uh, but yeah, Clamp slips on the goo and accidentally discharges his weapon. F- okay, again with the bad TD. Fuck. <laughs> I know he's not trained, but fuck. Just keep your keep your the uh. treat guns with some respect, please. Keep your snot of hook death. off the boom switch. <laughs> Jesus. All right. I so. like that. Keep your snot hook off the boom switch. I love that. <laughs> Looks like it's time for the epilogue. Clamp is here to make some decisions and to tie together the plot threads, so uh, let's get to it. Vampire News Reporter, you are the new news anchor, 6 o'clock weekdays, but first you need a new suit. Here, take this credit card and go. Bing! Marla, you work for me, don't you? Yep. Wink. Yes. Bing! But here's the thing. Marla, <laughs> you work for me, don't you? And you get this sort of soft focus on her without glasses. And she says, and they bet, yes, sir. spend that moment just looking at each other. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. <laughs> very, very hard. Suddenly she's British. <laughs> Did you get that? She was suddenly British. Apparently British is sexy. I guess. I guess. That one is. I like her. <laughs> Moving I on. I like her hair. <laughs> uh, okay, they're likely an item now, judging from the slow camera moves and romantic music. Katie's face here is the best. Did you see it? No, no, I missed she it. She sticks her tongue out in sort of... <laughs> <laughs> and you sort of get a second of it, but she sort of goes... <laughs> like looking oh, at dear. Billy as she goes... <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so... Uh, I'll have to rewatch that scene now. <laughs> rewatch it. It's hilarious. She's such a good... She's such a good actor. Such a good mm. actor. Every scene she's been in, I'm like, she's not chewing the scenery. She is exactly appropriate for that scene in a movie where gremlins exist. How? Yeah, I know, right? How is she? How you... uh, it's not even like understated. In an, it's it's just exactly right all the time. Phoebe Cates, you absolute legend. Yep, absolutely. So, Marla, you're the new head of PR for some reason. And that's your that's your story arc. You got what you wanted. Uh-huh. Ding! Clamp. Uh, he isn't upset about the building at all. For one thing, it's insured, but for another, it's not a place for people. It's a place for things. And you make a place for things, and things come. Fortunately, he's got a great idea for a book about how he saved the city. Someone hand me some paper, like that paper with a drawing of your hometown on it. Wait a second, this drawing is what I've been looking for all along. Sell me that design and we'll build it together. Ding! (laughs) I quite like Katie's negotiating here, where she's like, well, for Billy to do a whole town, I mean, it's gonna cost you... Ah, yeah, we'll make a deal. We'll make a deal. And she sort of winks at Billy going, yeah, I got you, honey. I mean, everyone's getting everything they want. Uh-huh. Everyone's learned their lessons, yeah. and you know she's she's not the in, she's not the the outer 
the what's it the like the country hick attitude that's gone in her. She now knows how to negotiate like a proper New York City girl. I think she always did. Uh, probably. I think We've already discussed did. that she's just she's, I think she's, she's a little bit awesome. harsher than her, her external. Oh yeah, persona would would present. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing Gizmo for the first time, the CEO says, "Oh, what's this? Oh, uh, this is a demon." <laughs> this is a Mugwe. You know all of this problems. <laughs> this is Mugwe. It means demon. Oh, well, he's charming. Have I ever talked to you about merchandising? I'm assuming that all of the things he mentions here, like the Macy's Day Parade float and the the suction cup arm things, like this all existed for Gremlin stuff by the time of this movie, right? Oh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, certainly they, they had a video game because everyone did. Funny enough, it was one of the few video games that were tied to a film that was actually a good, fun game to play. Was it actually? <laughs> I avoided it for that reason. Yeah, it was on the NES. Oh. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Might have to. It's, it's very hard. But yeah, uh, and, yeah, yeah it, Nintendo it's a good, hard. fun game. You remember when Nintendo <clears throat> hard yeah, yeah, used yeah. to be a fucking thing? Contra. Oh, God. Say Contra. And if you were there the first time around, you know what that God. means. I still have flashbacks to that. Yeah, it's very memorable, that game, for just how intense and unrelenting it is. Mm-hmm. So, looks like everything... <sighs> well, there, there's also a little bit like, oh, yeah, he's kind of cute. Maybe lose the headband, though. No, nope, nope. not losing the headband. I love Gizmo just going, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's not going to happen. So it looks like everything worked out for everyone. Wait, where's the security guy? The phone call from out of nowhere. Uh-huh. And I love I love just his acting. Keep your pants Tramps on. Acting. Yeah. He says. What a last line. <laughs> as he's advanced upon by the female gremlin who's now wearing a wedding dress. Full on wedding march. Yep. <laughs> With a white dress. Yeah. And uh, his evident horror turns into raised eyebrow, like, huh, uh, you know, actually. Soft focus. Uh, hmm. <laughs> and then a big old <laughs> grin as he slides down out of frame. And we hit credits. What a way to end. <laughs> God, that was fun. <laughs> so glad you God, liked that it. that was fun. The first half hour dragged a lot. There's a lot that they've got to try and fit in such a short space of time before the chaos starts. I get you, but it dragged a lot, right? Mm. I I had to take a break a few times in the first half hour being like, all right, Mm. fine, act one. I hate fucking act one. In everything, I hate act one because it's like, okay, I get it. I know. Fine. Introduce the characters. No, it's, it's... It's like any of these big, you know, scaled up things. Uh, If you compare it to something like, say, Independence Day or Armageddon, where you've just got so many characters and they've all got to sort of come from somewhere Mm -hmm. and then be united. And to try and do that while also making it seem natural and seamless, rather than people being pushed together because it's a film and they've got to be together, that's not an easy thing to do. And I think this film does it admirably. Like like we said right at the beginning with the uh, delivery guy, picking up the whistle and because he's moving through the building because of course he does that's a natural progression mm-hmm. of how you can get you know gizmo from the china shop into the same building that billy works at and then have them know that each other's there and and set up the whole film like seamless it is very its integration good. on on the other hand just me watching it if i were going to watch it again i would probably skip the first half hour like, once the gremlins are there, I'm like, okay, the movie has now begun. 
Yeah, we're in now. Yeah. <laughs> so before that movie hasn't started yet, they just had some stuff to set up first. Get all you get all your set, set pieces in place uh-huh, so that they right. pay off in the third act. You showed up to the community theater a little too early, and they're still setting up, but they let you sit inside anyway because it's cold out. Yeah, the puppetry is, I think, the best I have ever seen in anything anywhere. Exceptional, exquisite, perfection. It is masterful in every respect. The craftsmanship in particular, I I don't know of any props that look better than these. Mm. Maybe they exist. I don't know of them. Uh, the way that the actors I'm... are able to react to real objects in front of them. I think the last episode we did on... Um, on Evil Dead 2, mm. we noted as well, like, it's a lot harder for the actor to respond appropriately to a tennis ball on a stick. Yeah. Whereas here, they're reacting to real extant objects. Yes, you have a th- you have a thing that you can touch, that you can hold, that, you know, and that, gives you something to work and with. And that little bit of help for the actor takes an already excellent actor and gives them the tools to do their job well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make it believable, you know? Extraordinarily. I believed these things as real because of, of course, their design, but also because of the way that the actors respond to them. Because if the actors don't respond well, I'm like, oh, it's a puppet. Yeah, exactly. They're not genuinely, they're not doing their job enough to make you believe that this thing exists. Mm-hmm. Gremlins 2, just like Gremlins 1, is at its best when the gremlins are doing things and at its worst when it's trying to set things up like a straight ahead three act screenplay. Again, there's just so much to fit in because the the ambition. I get you. I wouldn't be mad at it if it were just here's some gremlins doing stuff. <laughs> right? Like I like yeah. it, but eh. no, I get you. But it's that again. It's that whole sense of scale. And, and again, like when I say it's at its worst, its worst is still not that bad, right? It's pretty good still. It's no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking exceptional and also real good. That's the range of this movie for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's competent, well thought out, brilliantly executed um, f- film that just brings the fantastic into the mundane and just turns it into this massive showpiece mm-hmm. that, ah, uh, again, I've, I've rewatched it and I've re-laughed at all the points that I re-laughed. It's been a full nostalgia trip for me to just re-watch it, to go like, do I remember this as well as I thought I did? Okay, I'll check before. And yeah, it's still just as good. I also quite liked that they took digs at their previous work in the first movie. Like, all yeah. the way through they were doing this. Especially Kate's story about the weird traumatic event in her past, because they were like, we understand that people didn't like that bit. And it's been long enough where we sort of know to, you know, We'll make reference exactly. to it and be like, it's going to be a silly one this time. Exactly. Like they, they've, they've learned their lessons. They're coming at it hard. And they're just, everything is an improvement from that first film, in my opinion. I, uh, I think they're both good. I think this one does oh, no, things very good. differently and has a very different feel. But in terms of like just uh, writing and production, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think they yeah, yeah. The, learned the, their Sorry, but the stair lift. The stair lift in, in Gremlins God, 1 so still good. makes me laugh to this day. God, so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Marla subplot uh, made me like viscerally uncomfortable, uh, which it should, I think. Um, yes. But as a potential reason why Kate might reasonably leave her in the Gremlin webs to die, I feel like you made a pass at me at my fiance, you home wrecking bitch, is a pretty good reason 
to leave. Like you need a sufficient reason for that scene to be, you might leave her there. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the payoff. It is the payoff. Do you know what I mean? Like she's, she's being horrible. And by the time she gets saved, she then is redeemed in a way. Like she admits that she's a bad person. She admits she's done a bad thing and is just honest and goes like, sorry, like, yeah, all right, I'm a, I'm a jerk. I would say if I'm showing this to other people, I would say trigger warning reference to uh, office power manipulation potential uh, inappropriateness. Yeah. But and, that's the furthest and another, that And another one for, yeah, and another one for, for maybe, you know, xenophobic references. And, it's, uh, it's better in this movie because he is, la- he is sort of, dismissed for it whereas in the first film yeah. it was given a pass i don't know how it feels different but it does feel different yeah well, it's the scaling up to the big city because obviously in a small town people just let people get i guess you know, so let people be people a, whereas yeah. in a city that big you can't you can't do that but also like, it's, it's just like too many people when he starts talking about the russian thing right it's like did you know that they had russians mm. in these cabs some what if yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. had nuclear seek? why didn't let me think about this his wife there going marie we've talked about this so, yeah, exactly. She just shuts him down straight out the and gate. And <laughs> I like that it's challenged that way and it's sort of, it's not good for you. It's not good for anyone else. Nobody wants to hear it. Chill out. Your doctor told yeah. you to relax. Is this relaxing for you? Okay, good. Thought so. <laughs> like, that's the part where I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's the way it's treated. Whereas in the first one, it's drunk customer going off about the foreign parts. In yeah, his car. exactly. And it's like, I oh, fucking foreign things. And that's not on. Just, just because. So yeah, in this one, I sit well. don't know whether it warrants from me xenophobic references because it's shut down. And then you've got the occasional, the occasional um, racial stereotype that's thrown in. For yeah, actually, that one. Yeah, which... the Japanese stereotype did bother me a lot. Yeah. Turns out the character is kind of cool, but it seemed like a lazy reference at first. It was yeah. It's it was a lazy punch to get in to get in, but then they made him a better character once once they'd had him in it for a like, bit. Like, why did he like, have to be Japanese though? That's the part yeah, that I'm like. Yeah. And maybe they just chose the best actor for that. Maybe that's really what it is, and they didn't consider that. I found a little tropey. Yeah, I'd like to think that, but I could. But he was also I very good, like the actor was. Yeah, I think it oh, was good yeah. casting. Yeah, I mean, he did his job admirably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I was considering he doesn't really have many lines. He comes across as just this such genuine person. And he's also very, I I like him and I see him twice. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right. I was, says something. I was not expecting to like Daniel Clamp at first at all and really got to like the guy, especially as he and Billy worked together to resolve the situation. And we realized, oh, he's, he's like a genuinely good dude who's got caught up in stuff and sort of let his business get away from him as it grew. And that's, you know, a founder problem. And I, I totally get that. And it's kind of a compelling point to the guy. Yeah, I know. And all because of John Glover. Mm, like, he's he, so it good. was just the way he approached the character that they, you know, the directors and writers agreed and just went, yeah, all right, we'll switch it around. It makes, it makes more sense. It's better. Mm. And it is. It's demonstrably better. Because like you say... It's very, it's again lazy to sort of come in with this idea of the CEO is the evil bad man who is greedy and corrupt and blah, blah, Oh, and don't blah. get me wrong. Some absolutely are. In fact, I dare say yep. many CEOs are mad and wrong and bad, but yeah, among- But then to have you know, this- You couldn't say all yeah, plumbers are one way. You can't say all CEOs are one way, right? Granted, no, there's exactly. fewer CEOs, but there are, I like to think at least the people that I know who run companies 
they're they're okay. I like them. Exactly. Like, and to to show that representation on cinema screen is a rare treat. Yeah, in a way that and isn't all look- about like, ha ha, I have all the money and you don't, and fuck you. Yeah, exactly. He cares. He's just sort of stuck in this situation where he's basically a bit of a pole turtle. Like, he doesn't know why he's there. He's just like, I'm here and I'm supposed to do stuff. What am I supposed to do? Sorry, was that a uh, pole turtle? Let's shred some... Yeah, yeah, uh, pole turtles. You know, no, you I don't. This? That's you why walk... I'm asking. If you if you walk past, if you walk down a country road and um, you see a turtle on a pole, there's some things that you know as a complete fact. Um, he's He doesn't belong there. Oh. Someone's put him there against his will, and he is put in a position above his ability to function. <laughs> no, I don't get that from him. I think he seems like an able guy. He is, but he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. I guess that's he's stuck there true. Going, uh, I, I guess what's the C, what does the CO do? Like, what, what am I supposed to be? Like, shred the memos and shred the letters and let's do a memo. Let, that'll be fun. Like, he's trying desperately to find meaning and purpose. I guess that's but true. He's kind of stuck in a position where everyone's just sort of left him shut in his room, literally. Like, he's, he's in his office mm. on his own. I guess that's <laughs> true. I guess that is true. I don't think someone put him there, though. I think he put him there, right? Um. Do you know what? I wonder if maybe he started off putting himself there, and like like we've said before, the machine overtook him. I feel like it's and the he founder sort of part. just whisked him along. I for think the ride. we're agreeing for the most part. It seems like a founder yeah. story that's not being told. Like the guy who started the company from nothing, and then it grew and grew and grew and grew until finally he's like one day going, "How did I end up in this office? I used. Yeah, I'm sure I working? used to work at a market stall." Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I really liked him, and uh, it sounds like we're totally agreed on that point. Uh, I think it had to be... I think this was the exact right amount of gremlin nonsense versus non-gremlin nonsense going on, where I felt like I got exactly enough insanity from this movie. Well, if you don't get... I mean, the palate cleansers... It is. As we've spoken of through the episodes, you need them to come in to just make sure that you don't get overfaced by the intensity of it. I feel like I could have used a bit more intensity early on. Again, the first... The first act really dragged for me, but it also, I mean, maybe because I saw the first movie and I knew what kind of stuff was about to happen, I'm like, okay, get to the good part. Come on. Yeah, because you already know the characters. You already know um, the store. You already know. I guess so. I mean, for you, as a, the, the, when you watched it the first time, you hadn't seen the first one. So I guess for you, it was no. just a normal setup and you were like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea who any of these people That's were. That's amazing. Yeah, I like that we, I like that I've had a different experience of it then. So, uh, only got a few last notes. One of them is that this feels like a love letter to the prop department. It's very much, because he had complete creative control. He didn't want to do this at all, Uh the director. And he's kind of had to be pulled back, rested creative control, and then he's basically rolled up his sleeves and gone, right, if we're going to do this, let's do this. And literally has just gone Hell to leather in every direction. The sound department is doing is working their backsides to the bone. Oh yeah, the prop department, the art department, the like everything is just at its top game. I've seen John Wick, for example, and I would describe that as a love letter to the stunt department. That's what I mean when I describe this as a love letter to the prop department, because it's like you go to the prop department and you say, "What would you guys like to make?" Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Like. What can we play with? Mm-hmm, like, exactly. Go nuts, guys. Yeah. And John Wick is certainly a love letter to Stuntman. Exactly. That, those films are insane. 
Uh, sound design naturally is just so much yes. And especially the the manic googly-eyed one, it's just captured so perfectly. And the weird shrill walla all over the place when there's groups of them. It, it's perfect. So perfect and cartoony and over the top and so wonderful. And all in place and nothing's over the top and everything is mixed to perfection. Agreed. I will definitely watch this again probably, but I might skip ahead a bit. Yeah, there's, there's three re-recording mixes on this film. God damn, that's so many of them. <laughs> Normally there's one. He's, exactly oh. yeah so i i guess that's the episode yeah we're there oh my god it. it was a two-parter it was such a good two-parter thank you for joining me where can we find your stuff so the stygian chronicles can be found on twitter at stygian curator you can find us on patreon patreon if you really like our stuff and want to help us fund to make more patreon.com slash the stygian chronicles and if you just google the stygian chronicles podcast you will find us and thank you for joining me. Thank you, all the audience, for joining us. Because without you, there's no reason to make the show. And I, I do like it. And I like you guys. And I want to make more of it. And if you'd like to help me make more of the show, then go to patreon.com slash one for Paul. And maybe chip in a couple of bucks. I'm working on a couple of rewards to give you guys nothing just yet. But I, it, things are slow. It's 2020. What do you want? <laughs> thanks for having me on the show paul really appreciated it you're very welcome only last thing is twitter at one for paul and uh we'll see you next time oh my god he's a human but really i'm a journalist <laughs> <laughs>